0: Well, the Gold Coast Suns, their season resumes on Saturday night, June 13 against West Coast at Metricon Stadium and their Chief Executive Officer, Mark Evans, joins us now. Really appreciate your time, Mark.
1: Yes, yeah, morning, Sam. Yeah, it's good to have football so close now and uh, I think it sharpens our, our focus a bit more and we certainly need to get going.
0: Absolutely, we do. Uh, we do indeed for a whole variety of reasons. Uh yeah, the footy media probably need footy back as much as anyone, Mark. Um, just with the footy, though, a great opportunity has presented itself at your footy club, though. You've got three in a row with this revised fixture, rounds two, three and four. And while West Coast is obviously a challenge early, it's a good chance to build some continuity on your own deck.
1: Yeah, we hope so. Although we, we played in round one against Port Adelaide on our home deck and we had a had a shocker compared to the way we were in the pre-season. But... Uh, it's interesting for us with a young crew they have been so energetic and, and engaged across this period. Um, but we really need to come out against West Coast and show people the way we trained over summer and, and, and the future that's ahead of us.
0: And what is the mood like at the club having come back and um, obviously had to stew on that loss for, for quite a while? It feels like an eternity now that that game was played. But what's the general vibe like around the Suns facility at the moment?
1: Well, that almost seems like it was a season ago. This this sort of feels like a fresh approach to the season. And um, like every club at the moment, everybody's so excited about what they're doing. It's an interesting program for us, uh, for everybody, because we're now ramping up with only four or five contact sessions and then getting straight into game. So like most clubs, we'll have a, a pretty solid hit-out at the end of this week and probably won't do a lot Um uh, leading into next week um as we as we prepare for West Coast. But very excited and, and I think in round one we might have had seven or eight players who weren't available who are now available. So it's uh it's an interesting selection dilemma for for Stewie and the coaches.
0: Yeah. Yeah and you mentioned Mark off the top uh the need for footy to come back. There's been a lot of opinion, a lot of comments, a lot of uh debate, concepts and ideas what did you make of Peter Gordon's comments last week that all clubs, uh, his fears they might not survive and that, moreover, the poorer and the smaller clubs needed to be held to account more?
1: Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. I, I'm not sure whether that was a deliberate or an inadvertent comment when he made a reference to the Coast. I would have thought that you pretty much worry about your own club at this particular time. But what what I can say is that we're very bored by the fact that Richard Goyder and Gillam McLaughlin have said they'll bring 18 clubs through and, and 14 AFLW teams through and just continue the work that we've been doing here now for 10 years. But the work hasn't resulted in great on-field success, except for 2014 when it looked like it might happen. Um, but most people understand the reset that we've undertaken in the last 18 months uh, and that that will, will prove its way as we get some more games into these young players and try and try to build from there, that that will work. The, the work in the community, the work in the schools and participation around South East Queensland has been fantastic. And we've got a real opportunity to, to cement and take more ground off the NRL.
0: Mark, I hope I'm not asking you a question you can't answer here. But as you mentioned, Gillen and uh, Richard Goyter have been um, on the public record as saying it's 18 teams in and 18 teams out. Have they felt the need to contact the club privately to, to express a, a similar um, take?
1: No, I think we work lockstep in with the AFL around all of those things. They understand the work that's been done here. And to, to give you some context around taking ground off the NRL, in January and February this year, it's a it's a minor thing by Victorian standards, but a very big thing in this part of the world. In January and February of this year, we would have had 15 back pages in the Gold Coast Bulletin the local paper now that has not happened here ever mm. because the NRL season runs ahead of the AFL season and it's usually dominated by NRL it got to a stage so much that um, some local NRL supporters were starting to complain to the paper about the dominance of the AFL now that's uh, that's only come about because of the wonderful investment over 10 years and uh, the women's team certainly helped bring some momentum at that particular part of the year, but it just goes to show the the effect that that has on junior participation. Uh, we've got the, the strongest um, schools competition outside of Victoria. Uh, we've got the second largest number of women participants in, in Australia, 280,000 participants in football programs in the state, which is, which is enormous. Uh, it's six, seven times the level of participation of Tasmania, more than Tasmania, South Australia and Northern Territory put together. So there are so many things that are going right here and the Gold Coast Suns and the Brisbane Lions being towards the top half of the ladder will cement that even further.
0: Mark, the revised broadcast deal is obviously yet to be formalised. I mean, is that something that you're eagerly anticipating given it'll obviously largely shape the you know, soft cap spend, list sizes, salary caps and the like?
1: I think there are so many things that hinge on um, what happens with inside of your football department around player list and soft cap, uh, what happens with second tier, what happens with talent pathway program. Uh, you can really only do that from the AFL once you've established what the level of income is. And uh, so there's a pretty important discussions to be had. and I'm sure everything flows well from that.
0: Second tier, in your mind what 's the solution at the moment to finding match practice for your non selected players? I think you 've got fifty odd players on your list up there, so it 's as important for you as it is for any club to to find match practice for your players that aren 't picked in the senior side
1: uh, it 's going to be incredibly important because if you have players who are coming back from injury or players who are trying to prove their worth for selection, you need to do something other than just train um, and particularly once the season starts, you can only have one main training session per week. The rest is in small groups. So it's very hard for a player to impress upon the coach about, about form. Uh, we've already made arrangements with the teams who will be based on the Gold Coast over that month uh, where we'll have some sort of a scratch match against their players who are also want selected in the AFL side. So it's, it's going to be a very important part of the next month.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think you guys have been pretty lucky in this space, but we've seen a lot of injuries already, you know, Dore, Franklin, uh, Fantasia, Trelor, et cetera. Uh, do you agree with Chris Fagan, who fears more players may break down with injury when the season resumes?
1: I think it's quite likely. Every time you have a change in program, where you're going from you know, running program into more skills or more skills into contact skills, contact skills into practice matches, practice matches into the season, every time you have one of those changes you're more likely to have some injuries out of it. So I would suspect that we we will have to deal with some things across that front end of the
0: season. And contracts obviously frozen at the moment. I know this is a bit of a Grand old Day topic for you, but when they are unfrozen, will the coaches' extension be one of the first tabled at AFL
1: House? Uh, I'm hopeful that um, when we can start talking about contracts, we'll have more than one thing to talk about. But uh, um, <laughs> hopefully that's not too far away.
0: Well, that's exciting news uh, if you break for the Suns. And you spoke recently, speaking of exciting news, with Dwayne Russell, I think, about fan engagement and things in that space for the TV viewer in line with everything else we've heard, such as and the NRL made a pretty smooth transition with the cardboard cutouts and and talk of superimposed crowds, etc. Now, you mentioned a world first, Mark. I think this is the ideal time to unveil what that world first (laughs) looks like.
1: Well, I might have got early on that because it sounds like everybody's now into our little world first. But no, we're, we're still working <laughs> on something that would be, uh, we'll claim it as a world first even if someone
0: beats us to the punch. What did you make of the NRL and how they went about it at the weekend?
1: Uh, I saw a couple of the early matches or parts of and I would have to say I've become a fan of my canned crowd noise so long as it's it's subtle. It feels better than having just an empty, echoing stadium. Um, I wouldn't like them to be too theatrical with it, but I thought it added to the broadcast and and probably wasn't a bad thing for the AFL to consider.
0: Tony Cochran, uh, the chairman, obviously, was on Footy Classified. I think it was last week, and I think you've spoken a bit about this in the past as well and his thoughts that that first contract for an 18-year-old should be longer than the two years, and obviously retention's been a big part of Gold Coast's Uh, small history in the game I think the Players Association have had issues with this in the past obviously when it comes to valuing improving players in the third year but where do you sit on this topic now Mark?
1: For many years I've actually thought that it would benefit the game and um, I know the difficulty comes around that that valuation piece but if, if in our system we continue to take kids at 18 and 19 and it will be harder going forward if the list sizes are reduced there becomes a period of development where you are working so hard on making that player a good AFL player and the last thing you want to do is, is find yourself in a position where that player either leaves or um, or pushes contract value up with the threat of leaving. So I've been a fan of it mm-hmm. for a long time.
0: That's a big challenge for the club still, isn't it? I mean, I know you've had the big reset there and, and you've got some amazing young players there but I guess ultimately in the years to come, whether it be one, two, three, four years down the track, they've got to see a future at the club there? and you are confident you've got all the pillars in place now that that will take place?
1: Yeah, I think players need to see some chance of success. They need to believe in the coach. They need to see good facilities. And if you have good welfare programs and good structures off-field as well, then most players will will give that a chance and and build that club as their home. Uh, But ultimately, when you get to, say, Tom Lynch... um, he has been had, was there seven years, and, and mm. if the club wasn't immediately looking like being successful, then he was going to make a decision to move. So that becomes the, the most important thing for us inside the next three years. We need to make sure that we're a strong contender.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we mentioned frozen contracts earlier, but uh, I think, what did you re-sign last year? 25 players, I think it was, and it was instigated and led by your senior group there as well. So that's um, reassuring as well.
1: Yeah, we worked very hard at that, and um, now we're looking at potential reduction of lift size without knowing where that lands. And um, uh, we've certainly got plenty of players contracted, which is a good thing for stability, um, less so for flexibility, but we'll see where that lands.
0: Yeah, and again, Mark, I'm probably asking you a question you can't quite answer here, but how do list sizes get cut, hypothetically speaking, here if players have contracts, and so many of them do in, at your club?
1: Well, slowly, I think, is probably the answer. I, I don't think mm-hmm. we can... Um, contemplate something where we were just surfing out players who were contracted um, and I think that would make sense for the game so if there is a, a move to a smaller list size then they would need to give us some time to get there
0: And before we let you go Mark I know it's not your most immediate uh, field of expertise but Isaac Rankin we're all super excited to see a bit more of him this year when the season resumes how's he tracking?
1: Yeah he's done very well he went to originally went to Adelaide for a couple of weeks um, when the lockdown first happened and then decided to return and, and get into training early. So he's uh, he's in a good position at the moment and hopefully we can see him in round two.
0: So much optimism at the club, Mark. And we really appreciate you finding some time this morning to uh, chat to us. And best of luck for the resumption uh, against West Coast and the season beyond, of course.
1: Thanks very much.